This is the French Asian Connections podcast series brought to you by the Jacques de Morgan French Asian Connections Virtual Research Lab at the National University of Malaysia, UKM, with the support of the Embassy of France in Malaysia. I'm your host, Associate Professor Dr. Shantani Pillay of the Centre for Research in Language and Linguistics, Faculty of Social Sciences and Humanities, National University of Malaysia. In this episode, we speak with Dr. Siti Noraisha Ahmad on the subject of recasting French folklore in early modern Malaya, Chandera Leila, the Malay Cinderella. Dr. Siti Noraisha Ahmad is Assistant Professor in Literature at the Department of English Language and Literature, International Islamic University, Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur. She has published articles on travel writing and the environmental history of colonial Malaya, exile and identity in Indonesian fiction, food and transnational identities in Asian Australian women's life writing, and most recently on Malayan women's narratives about their travels in late imperial England. Her current research interests include 20th century and contemporary women's writing from Asia, travel writing as colonial discourse, and notions of speciality and the nation in travel narratives from Malaya or Malaysia. We are very pleased indeed to have you with us today, Dr. Aisha. Thank you, Dr. Shantini, for having me here. You're welcome. Um, could you tell us about how you came to work on this exploratory project on recasting French folklore in early modern Malaya? Right. Um, okay. Uh, I've always... Um, I've been collecting actually some, um, uh, not original copies, but uh, they are copies of this um, series called the Malay Home Library series. And I was interested in them because they are uh, adaptations or translations of Western stories like Sherlock Holmes, um, Gulliver's Travels, uh, Shakespeare's plays, and also Cinderella. So, it started with uh, this interest in collecting um, copies of uh, old books and um, I thought that the research seminar was a good opportunity to look uh, deeper into the role that uh, Western folk tales or Western stories have had in um, Malay uh, literature or Malay fiction of the early 20th century. So that's the story. <laughs> right, that's very interesting indeed. So how then did a 17th century French source text makes it, make its way into an early 20th century Malay book for Malay readers? This is very interesting because there's this whole translocal uh, engagement going on from France to Malay and you know, Malay text and then Malay readership. So could you tell us a little bit about this? Right. Um, yeah. Uh, on first glance, um, it is. It seems to be you know unlikely. You know how how is it how is it that this uh, French fairy tale make its way to uh, colonial Malaya? But um, on reading on doing some research, reading uh, articles written about um, English translations of Cinderella and looking at some of these translations. Um, I came up with this um, hypothesis that it was the through the English adaptations of Cinderella that the story travelled from France to uh, Malaya and translated into Malay. So uh, some of these English adaptations 
are very interesting because you can see similarities in terms of the, um, the story itself, the adaptation, because it was um, Charles Perrault's version of the Cinderella story that made it into the English translations. And that's, that um, version uh, is also the one that uh, Chandra Leela uh, follows. So that was the clue when I did my research uh, that uh, it was through English translations that um, this story came into um, Malaya. And it also makes sense because um, Malaya was a, a British colony. Yeah? yeah. And yeah, so other similarities I noticed um, which um, uh, which showed me the likelihood of it being from the English translations is also from uh, the illustrations that were used in an edition of um, Cinderella. And the style of the illustrations was similar to the style of illustration used in Cinderella. Yeah. Right, so it was from the English uh, version. Do you know they also looked at the French version, or, or it was um, so? It's it's in a sense uh, a triple layered translation from the French to the English to Malay. To or? Malay, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. I think so. I think that that's it, and and that's um, you know that's, that's very fascinating because the um, the the English ch uh, chose uh, a particular version of Cinderella, um, not the other versions that also uh, existed in French, uh, besides Charles Perrault's version. Um, and um, it's interesting, and uh, it seems that the English uh, translations preferred Perrault's version because it fitted with the um, Victorian era's uh, notions of femininity. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Um, so this, so then this um, translation um, is by the Malay Translation Bureau of the uh, FSITC. So could you tell us a little bit about this uh, Malay Translation Bureau and the role it played in, you know, in the recasting of this story and perhaps also other stories around that time? Okay, uh, so the Malay Translation Bureau uh, was uh, part of the uh, Sultan Idris Training College, um, uh, which was uh, based in Tanjung Malim, Perak, and it's now a full-fledged university, by the way, um, in, in Malaysia. Uh, so what's the role of the Malay Translation Bureau? It's to produce school books for um, the Malay schools, besides, of course, training uh, teachers for Malay schools, so it produces um, uh, textbooks for the Malay schools as well as these uh, readers, a series of what they call readers for, for the Malay schools. And um, it was established by uh, the headmaster of the Sultan Idris Training College, uh, O.T. Dosek, in 1924. And there were other, uh, other notable figures um, that were part of this bureau were uh, the Malay scholar and translator Zainal Abidin Ahmad or uh, Zabba as well as R.O. Winstead, uh, who became the general editor at the Bureau and you know, supervised the production um, and translation of um, various um, books for the Malay schools in Malaya at that time. 
right okay that's that's interesting um and uh, so they so from your uh, research into the uh, bureau they it was mainly english to malay at, at that time because of the whole colonial uh, backdrop yeah right correct yeah. yes okay all right so why do you think then uh, and i think you talked about this a little bit uh, earlier we talked about victorian uh, feminine ideals but why do you think the tale of cinderella was included uh, in the malay home library series and oh. also could you also maybe uh, speak a little bit more about the the this whole uh, series the home library series okay um i'll start with the malay home library series so um there are 64 titles uh, in this series and uh, published between 1924 uh, and 1957 so these are this series are usually very uh, small booklets um, uh, very brief ones uh, maybe about 30 to 150 pages and um, they are published in they are published both in um, the romanized script of Uh, Malay, which is Rumi, as well as the uh, Jawi script, which is the Arabic, um, sp- uh, the Arabic spelling of um, Malay language. So you can find, yeah. So you can find if you look up, uh, if you try to look up, uh, some of these are actually available um, or archived online. And um, I have a few copies which are. Printed in Jawi and uh, Cinderella is uh, printed in Rumi. So um, some of the stories that that were published uh, include uh, Sherlock Holmes, the Sherlock Holmes series. Um, there was a translation of Goethe's uh, Faust. There were also translations from Thousand One Nights, like Ali Baba and the Forty Thieves, uh, Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. So uh, I suppose the uh, Malay Translation Bureau thought that these are appropriate reading material for uh, Malay students attending Malay schools. Um, so going back to your question about why Cinderella would be considered suitable. Um, I suppose it well the lessons that can be derived from it like if you are um, a good person you know uh, above all it's your your character as a good person that will uh, see you through a lot of hardship is something a, a sort of a moral value that perhaps the editors wanted to instill in the readers so yeah um i think that's probably why um they included cinderella i mean who can resist the story of a poor girl who is um abused by her stepmother and stepsisters who ends up um marrying a prince and that's a really rags to riches story that um can capture anyone's imagination right yes you have a point there and and you also mentioned that um because we we know that there are different uh, variations of of the story and so they probably did they pick one that didn't have uh, for instance you know the packing of the eyes because some versions have mm-hmm. that was this the one with that or 
Uh, they oh. did not have. <laughs> this is the one without, definitely. Right, yes, because <laughs> of the readership. Yeah, right. That's very. Yeah. Look, it's also very interesting that you said that it was also published in Jawi. So this, it really brings this, um, you know, vision of translation. You know, so it's it's French to English to Romanized Malay, Rumi, and then also right. Jawi. Uh, very very interesting indeed. Right. Yeah. Actually, I'm not sure whether there is an, another edition of Chandralila which is printed in Jawi script because the one that mm. I found uh, mm-hmm. and bought from a book collector it was printed in the Romanized script or Rumi. But um, because there's so um, there's so many, uh, I suppose, old books out there, and and um, the copy I found was really. Is, is, is the original, um, the first edition uh, published in 1931. So the condition was, it was falling apart and I had to be really careful with the book. And um, um, it would be interesting to see whether there is a, a, a Jawi version. I, I do have uh, copies of um, the Malay Translation Bureau's adaptations of Shakespeare, which is printed in uh, Jawi. Which is very interesting. Wow! Yeah. Well, that would really be interesting indeed to see how Shakespeare is trans, uh, you know, transferred across uh, cultural. Which brings us then, um, you know, to the uh, to the issue of um, you know translation and cultural translation as well. As well. So, was Chandrakala then? You think a lit- was it a literal translation of the original, or were there elements of nativization or indigenization of the French folklore into more Malay cultural contexts? Right. Um, definitely, definitely, there was uh, indigenization um, because uh, looking at the content, looking at how the story was adapted, and also looking at the illustrations, um, it seems that the publishers have, uh, you know, it, they are trying their their very best to, or they tried their very best to market the book to a Malay audience. So we can see, I can see that in in uh, uh, some. Very obvious changes, like the name of the heroine herself. So instead of Cinderella, it becomes Chandralila. So it sounds like Cinderella, but it's a Malay name. It's a it's a Malay name that if you have read um, Malay literature before, you'll be you will say, oh, oh, this sounds very Malay. Um, there's also characters like the fairy godmother is um, trans or what has the word transposed into a. a an equivalent character in uh, Malay folklore. Uh, she is known as the Nenek Bayan or um, a grandmother. You know, literally means Nenek means grandmother. Uh, she's actually a. She often appears in Malay folk tales as a, a helper figure. Yeah, uh, but a female helper figure. So she would appear in you know when the when the protagonist is in distress or needs help. So that's very. I don't know whether it's, uh, whether it's convenient or something like that to have a, the, the equivalent to the fairy godmother, but it's a very nice um, transposition uh, indeed. And um, language, um, the style of the Malay use is reminiscent of the uh, style of the language of Hikayat. And um, I also look at the uh, illustrations. The illustrations are uh, the illustrations, however, are very. Um, interesting thing, I think, and I, I think I, I ended up looking more at the illustrations and figuring out what do they signify, what do they tell us about 
um, uh, the period or you know what does it does it say anything about um, Malay literature at that time because it's, it seems on the surface like an um, a fantasy of, of what um, an orientalist fantasy yeah, because there's a lot of uh, Middle Eastern um, influences in the illustrations. Um, yeah, so you were saying about uh, the illustration uh, and you know, so the, does it, um, is it in sync with the description? Because the description that you gave us was very, very uh, Malay and, and also, so it uses all these Malay terms as well in, in the text, yes? Uh, that that's very very fascinating actually. Uh, this is really interesting, Aisha. Um, so, so, but uh, what about the uh, illustrations then? Uh, do are they in sync as well or? Right. So yeah, that's a really uh, good question because uh, there is actually a, a a difference, a stark difference uh, between the the narrative uh, and the illustration themselves. So um, Cinderella is depicted. Uh, in the illustration as uh, I suppose what the illustrator thinks an Arab princess looks like. So she wears these um, baggy loose trousers and she has uh, this, she wears these slippers with the curly ends um, which is very you know very typical um, I, I, as you can see a stereotypical uh, image of um, Arab costume. And um, she wears a veil, and uh, in one uh, on the, on the front cover, uh, she sits at a table with the prince. They're having a talk. I mean, they're, they're, they're talking. Um, they're talking to each other, and she she has a fan in in her hand. So um, it also at the same time evokes something like a Western um, kind of modernity because. Um, you know, showing a young couple, uh, one uh, a young man and a young woman sitting together at a table, um, uh, socializing. It's uh, you know, it's sort of I, I suppose the cover is meant to appeal to uh, an urban Malay audience because that's the kind of uh, activity perhaps uh, that they would have um, taken part uh, in, yeah, as young people. So yeah, that's the that's the. Um, fascinating thing about the 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 book um, the narrative uh, and the illustrations um, you know uh, it's, it displays um, very um, um, not contradictory but I suppose complementary because on one hand you have uh, the attempt to indigenize the story by Putting in, you know, the elements of Malay literature, um, and uh, on the other, you also have this, I suppose, um, expectation that um, the readers would like to see something sort of Arab-like because they are Muslims. So that's my guess. Yeah, I, that's really fascinating because um, you know there there are these multiple threads going on because uh, as you say you know it's it's to appeal to a modern malay readership um, at the same time uh, the text you know uh, integrates all these um, the cultural world of of the malay uh, community uh, and then the illustrations uh, there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect between perhaps the illustrations and uh, the the text itself, the 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 um, 
writing uh, that really would uh, you know um, definitely lead to more research i think for you um, you know in terms of but this is really really um, fascinating because it it was it's also as you said you know um uh, it was at the advent of colonialism and uh, the educated malay uh, and and also of course um, you know language and uh, english as as the medium um so um yeah a lot of things going on but but the thing is um at the you know at the crux of it is the fact that it this is a french text so do you think um there was any uh were there any elements of uh french culture that came through or it was merely it, the the french was sort of maybe forgotten because it had already been translated into english and so it was almost as though the source text was english rather than french actually what do you yeah. think about that yeah i think that that uh, yeah what you just said um i think that that's probably um what happened so um i suppose somewhere along the way um because you know it came to in most probably it came to english translation and then became indigenized into malay so it's very likely that the french origins are um pushed to the background or diluted somewhat because um the french the original uh, version in in french by charles perrault um has some elements of um comedy so um there, there there's some elements of comedy in perrault's version which um when uh, i read chandralela is not there so the story is very much you know the uh, the the sad um neglected and abused um heroine who overcomes um all her hardships by when she when she meets the prince and the prince falls in love with her and and so on so um yeah i think um the process of of translation um translating uh, the story and adapting the story has um resulted in it becoming um another another text or another story altogether and um yeah this is really uh, it's hard to find uh, um you know a trace of the the french origin other than you know the the um allusion to the original name uh, of the heroine cinderella or sanrion in the chandralila um that that was um uh, created as a name for this um, malay heroine of the story right that i i think you know and and on, on that note i think you know uh, it would be interesting to actually see um what a malay translation of the original french would be like perhaps, yes. right that is, that's a very interesting idea indeed and you know it would be it would be really um really good if if uh, someone i don't know a writer or a filmmaker could um could do that i mean there have been uh, adaptations of of uh, cinderella into television serials but to what extent um they um they are um do, do they have the french um elements or, or, or of of the original that is something that um i have yet to discover well you can certainly i think move on to discover it if you wish um because yeah it it um you know uh, thank you very much uh, dr aisha for speaking to us um today i think you know uh, you've brought out very interesting um elements 
uh, and and also um, you know the role of the uh, Malay Translation Bureau, which is uh, you know quite pivotal um, in this. Um, so thank you very much. Been very very interesting. Um, and uh, so thank you everybody for listening. Uh, this has been the uh, French Asian Connections podcast series.